1: Hey, this is Riley Meek, author of Food for Thought. And if you wanna learn how to build better relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chappell, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. This one is a really unique one. Look, I'm always looking for stories and uh, just different ideas. I'm I'm always on the lookout for people who have taken something that normally wouldn't be something that is standing out to most people, and they take that thing and turn it into a revenue stream and an entire business and career. And I love looking for stories like that. And the guy that's on the show today is definitely one of those people. His name is Riley Meek. Riley is the founder and CEO of the Social Dynamics Selling System, which which turns dinner seminar marketing into a science. Starting with just $673 in his bank account, Riley has produced over $80 million in sales over the past eight years, all through dinner seminar marketing. And now that he's perfected this business model, he is now on a mission to help other entrepreneurs and business owners achieve their goals using this proven system. So we talk a lot in this interview about how to use dinner seminars to grow your business, whatever that may be, why everybody should be trying some form of direct sales at one point or another in their career, and why failure is such a huge part of success. We go into so many practical, tactical strategies here in this episode, and I can't wait to share that with you. But first, if you want to know how I build and maintain relationships with all the people that I have here on the show, I finally put together an all-inclusive course that tells you everything that I know about networking A to Z, from body language to building lists to adding value, how to do those things properly, and how to build real relationships with people in your life. So if you want to get plugged into the top percent of your industry and start building in the life of your dreams, head on over to travischapelcom explode. That's travischapelcom slash explode to learn more about that. And I will catch you over there. And now here is my chat with Riley Meek. Riley, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Hey, Travis, uh, pumped to be here, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, of course. So I wanted to bring you on and I've said this a little bit before we kind of hit the record button. I said this a little bit because your the way that you have been making money and building a business for the past few years is super unique and interesting. And especially for the audience over here at Build Your Network, because... Uh, People are here typically to learn how to network better, how to build relationships better, how to build deeper connections with people. And uh, you, through doing dinner seminar marketing, have found a really unique, interesting way to do that and to build a business doing it, which I think is super cool. So we're going to get into some of that stuff a little bit later. So if you're tuning in right now, hang on. I always like to go back and build a little bit of context first. So Riley, talk to me about what it was like to be, let's say, 14-year-old Riley. What'd What'd you have going on? Likes, dislikes, family life, all that kind of
1: stuff. Oh, man. All right. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, South Dakota, small, small town, South Dakota, like less than a thousand people. So you can imagine there wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you said 14, but I'll, I'll actually maybe fast forward it to, to 15. At the age of 15, I, I you know, I, had to, I figured I would, should get myself my own job. Nothing, something that my my parents didn't really ask of or anything like that, but it was just within me, like I should start to maybe contribute. And, um, the only job I could get in this, this huge metropolis of a thousand people was, uh, make pizzas at a, uh, a small town gas station. And, um, I I got paid $5 and 15 cents an hour. Nice. Nothing better than, than gas station pizza, bro. Right. Absolutely. So that didn't last long. I, I worked at an eight hour shift and, um, I did the math in my head and thought, there's no way I'm doing this again. So my very, very first day of my job was really my last day of a job. And um, that really started my entrepreneurial kind of journey. And um, my family was really involved with some network marketing companies. And I I started to kind of dabble into that a little bit, which was interesting being young, but uh, it is something that really helped to kind of just develop who I am, just getting involved with uh, just like-minded individuals. No matter what it was that they were selling or pushing or promoting, it was just like I drank the Kool-Aid hard, I, but it was a great Kool-Aid, you know, it was just all about personal development.
0: Exactly. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, bro, because the more people that I talk to that are successful in traditional businesses, it's it's uncanny how many of them, at least at some point in their lives, dabbled or went all in on network marketing. Like at some point, you know what I mean? Like just the culture that it brings you into, you know, like learning from people like Jim Roe. like that was the first, whenever I did network marketing, I basically memorized this Jim Roe. Own audio track. It's not even a, a, you know, it's, I think it's available on Apple Music or something. It was a CD or it was a tape that was turned into a CD that was turned into an MP3. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But it's so good. Like I'll listen to it right now. And even though I'm not even building a network marketing business, it's so many things that are so applicable to other areas
1: of life. So absolutely. You know, they kind of, you hear the saying like, you know, everybody should be a a waiter once or a waitress once to to have that experience. And I kind of had that. Same sense or same feeling towards you know network marketing. It's got a bad rap for over the years for certain reasons, but I mean at the core, I think it's a brilliant model, and it, it really pushes people to do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. Exactly,
0: exactly. That's what I tell people is. You got to do either network marketing, door-to-door sales or telemarketing If you do one of those three things, like especially if you're, you know, especially if you're young, listen to this and you're like 17, 18 years old, just out of high school, or maybe you're looking to get a job in college. You know what I mean? Like doing one of those things is going to be, you'll, you'll probably learn more doing those things than you'll actually learn
1: in the classroom at college. Absolutely. <laughs> so- Absolutely. I would completely agree. But anyway, sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I just want to oh, make that. I point love it, man.
1: That's great. So, um, yeah, that's a, the day I graduated high school. I moved up to the, the Twin Cities, which is where I reside now, part time at least. Uh, my wife and I, we have a condo down in Florida as well, so we're back and forth um, a little bit. But it was some. A lot of people ask me, you know, why I moved to the Twin Cities, and it wasn't necessarily to come here to Minneapolis. It was more so to get out of the small town and community that I was in. And uh, it was literally the day I graduated. I my car was packed, and I drove up here, and uh, you know, just kind of started my my next path or next journey. And my original thought was to go to school traditionally, become a doctor, and and you know, go down that road. And even being the entrepreneur that I entrepreneur that I kind of was during that time period, that was my still my thought process. You know, go to school, get the education, and um, that was the path I was going down. But as I was doing that, I just went to a little community college. Here in the, the Minneapolis metro. And I ended up getting a two year degree in exercise science, glorified physical education. But it, that was kind of the path that I, that I was taking. But as I was doing that, I, I started to make a decent income with the particular company that I was with at the time. You know, I was 19, I was making over 10 grand a month retailing nutritional supplements. I put together, you know, just kind of learning through this process, different marketing campaigns on how to get people to respond. And when I started to make that type of money, I, you know, I thought I was something. Nineteen years old and making a hundred grand a year, and you know, life was good. I bought my first BMW, and I thought, well, the heck with school, man. Why would I? Why would I want to do that? And um, again, nothing against it. It's just that that was the path that I that I loved. I loved the freedom, but also just the opportunity for really unlimited opportunity. You know, whatever I conceive in my mind, I I felt like I could achieve. And so that's what I was doing, focusing on, on growing that business. I had an opportunity to expand overseas. They were opening up operations in another country. And that's when I really thought, man, this is it. This is going to be my big, my big uh, step to international business. And, and I'll, I'll head over there. I literally bought a one-way ticket and I was 19 at the time. I bought a one-way ticket and I thought, I'm going to go over there and uh, make this thing happen. I didn't know a soul over there. This is in Malaysia of all places, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And uh, I, I landed, I had actually a 13 hours layover in Singapore And had a complete panic attack. (laughs) Literally one of the worst things I've ever experienced. Why do you think that was? The culture shock. And for me, it was was no question. Like I was just going to go do it. And never even thought about it until you're on a 12-hour flight. And then you land. And and then it's just like the culture shock. I'd never been. I mean, I'd been out of the country one time. And that's like a family vacation prior to this. And so it wasn't. It was just a new just a complete shock to my system. And and I spent about two and a half days over there until I just freaked out. And I came home with my tail between my legs, man. was embarrassing. It was, it was kind of one of my, I call one of my, my first midlife crisis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your quarter life crisis. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. So I came back to the States and, and, you know, I was like engaged to be married at this time. I thought this is what I was going to do. And this is just my, my path, but it was, I felt like a complete failure. And I thought, man, is this really what I'm going to do? Is this, is this what I want to do? I need to be able to provide for my, my wife, my, my future family. And I thought, well, let's go, let's get into insurance. And I actually got my series six, my series 63, my life and health. And I thought I'm going to be an insurance salesman. That's, a, you know, it's still kind of somewhat like network marketing, but I can build a book of business and, and grow. Two months into that, I was I Crushed it out the gates. Of course, you know, you're working your warm market. It's something that I learned, and and everybody that I knew, you know, trusted me. And, And so it was, you know, salesman of the month, the first month, and things like that. But that's then I just had like this, like I couldn't, I just, nothing against insurance, but I just, I just didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And I just, I had another opportunity a few years, you know, fast forward a few years. Basically, at that point, I got involved with just more direct sales where I saw a great ad. It was really selling home remodeling products and it was telemarketing leads where I would, you know, have to drive five hours just to find out that they would slam <laughs> the door in my face. You know, it was just kind of it was it was a struggle. But been there one, bro. been there,
0: literally been there.
1: There's one thing that I remember still to this day, which has really helped me throughout this whole process is is in the hiring phase, the manager, his name was Jason and he looked me dead in the eyes and said, Man, this this job is 85% negative. But if you can focus on that 15% you're going to, you can get rich doing this. And, you know, at 20, uh, I was 21, 22 at the time. And I thought, okay, I mean, I can do that, you know, 15%. So, so it didn't bother me, you know, at least to the extent of when I would get, you know, the door slammed on my face or whatever the case, it didn't really bother me because I knew I just had to focus on that, you know, that 15%. And, and that really, I learned so much in that. And as you had said before, it's like, everybody should try something like that. One of the best learning experiences, in addition to you know the background in network marketing and things, of, of just learning how to interact and, and communicate effectively with people. And so-
0: this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with. Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And like how to read people and different things. Like, so just to give you a heads up, I, I did door to door sales for about six years, just like door to door sales, training, management, recruitment, all that kind of stuff. And The ability, I think like the number one thing to to take away from it was the increase in emotional intelligence, the ability to not just listen to somebody's words, but actually be able to read body language and hear things in their tonality that they're not actually telling you and then come up with some. Sort of reason or overcome some sort of objection that they didn't even exactly tell you, but you knew they were thinking. Like it, it just taught you this kind of mind chess game that a lot of people play. And uh, there's just so many lessons that I took away from from doing your door, but I think that was probably chief among them. And that's exactly exactly what you're talking about. And that that's what I hear in this story, man. Like it's funny because there's always like a point of success, right? which we're going to get to here in a second, but what I love about your story is that you started when you were super young and you saw some success and then you went and tried something else and then that didn't work. And then you went and tried something else and then that didn't work. And then you dabbled in network marketing and then that didn't work. And then you went and did this other thing. And, and then, then you started doing this sales thing where 85% is negative, 15% is positive And then you you just dug in and did your thing there and like learned a bunch of lessons. And it's funny because a lot of people will say the same thing about you know what I do now. And uh, it's just like, well, how have you done this in a sh- such a short mirror amount of time. And it's like, well, I don't really look at it as a short amount of time. I look at it as like everything that I've done in the, you know, since I was 18, 19 years old, all of the crappy landscaping jobs that I used to sell all of the the times where I went and drove two hours to a lead that didn't answer or you know those different things that that came up, and it's all of it's the culmination of all of that learning and like busting your butt and falling flat on your face. That's where the success comes from. But yeah, anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt again. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Solid, <laughs> I love it. That's that's all great, and I and yeah, I just completely agree with everything you said. It wasn't as I was going through the you know this journey, we'll call it, and I'm still on it and it will be until the, the day I die. But I think as I was going through it, it wasn't ever really about. I had highs and lows, ups and downs with making money. But I think part of the reason it was just like, you know, am I going to do this the rest of my life? Like, I just felt like there was always something more. And it it may sound silly to people listening to this that are like struggling financially to make money. It's like money isn't everything until you don't have enough of it. And when you don't have enough of it, that's when it quickly becomes everything. And that's, that was just kind of my journey through this process where it's like, okay, I could figure out how to be successful at sales and, and sell this. But I wasn't really passionate about it. So I would move on to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing. until
0: yeah, so funny, man. There's so much crossover between our stories because that, that's basically exactly what I did. Is was just, I tolerated what I did because I liked the time, freedom and the money. And then, but that's eventually how I got into podcasting is just like, I'm sick of just doing this because it like makes me good money and allows me to have freedom throughout the day. I want to do something that I actually enjoy doing, which is when I jumped into all of the stuff that I'm doing now. But there's so much, I think, value in understanding that sometimes you do need to buckle down and just understand that you're you're in a situation that maybe you don't like, but you can't just like stop it right now. There's also practicality to making a transition to move into something else, but also understanding that you do need to take action a certain direction, but it doesn't mean that you can just like stop immediately just because you don't feel like it anymore.
1: Absolutely. There is, you know, especially if you've got family, kids There's, you know, the older I've gotten the, I don't want to say cautious, but it's just the more strategic I've, I've had to be uh, in making those transitions Um, just because if it's, you know, when's it when you're young and dumb and, you don't care. Like it's not a big deal, you know, but when you're starting to have people rely on you for certain things, it was definitely more of a strategic moves and if at least for me. So, um, yeah, man. So, gosh, just continue through the process here. It's, you know, I'd made a decent amount of money in sales. Um, I always loved, remember, it was my schooling was exercise science. And that was kind of what my thought was to be, you know, somewhat in the, the health or wellness arena. That was kind of the mark network marketing company that I was involved with. I did like some personal fitness training during that time, too. So I loved that industry, we'll call it. And I wanted to get back into it. It just didn't, you know, unless I was training Britney Spears or whoever, it, you know, you're not going to get rich doing something like that. And so uh, my brilliant idea was to, you know, look at buying up a couple fitness franchises. And and I did. When I was um, uh, 24, I bought like a 24 hour fitness franchise and um, I thought, great, this is going to be fun. You know, it was my first taste of like a, a brick and mortar type of business. And, um, I tell you, man, I'd never worked so hard in my life and made so little in my <laughs> <life>. <laughs> When I say hard. It, it's not like it was like difficult, but it was just like early morning, late nights. You're everybody. I couldn't afford to hire like a manager because I, you know, I was growing this, this membership and this it was, this was like my baby. And it was just, I was the cleaning crew and, I did that full time for a whole year. And I was like, this sucks. If this is what <laughs> owning a business like this, it's like, I just bought a job that I've never been paid less at. And, uh, and that's when I, again, I'm like, okay, I've learned a ton through this. I've, you know, owning this brick and mortar business. I, you know, you have a rent and lease space and different things like that. Again, I learned a lot at the you know age of 24, but um, it wasn't something that I would ever envision doing forever. And so I actually was introduced to another network marketing opportunity, newer company that was opening up operations in Mexico. Uh, they'd been in the states for a couple of years, and they were opening up operations, and I thought, "You know what? Let's do it. Like I can do this. I can do Mexico. I couldn't do Malaysia, <laughs> but I could do Mexico. And I did it. I, I, I ended up grooming in a manager for a few months preparing for this, and um, I basically kind of handed over the, the reins to this manager, and I, I leased out my condo. Um, here in in Minneapolis. And uh, my wife and I basically moved into my sister's basement. And uh, I uh, rented a a little condo in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and uh, moved there for five months. And, um, you know, back and forth a a little bit with with my wife was mainly staying here in the States. And I was going going back and forth um, between there growing this business in, in Mexico. And five months into it, the government, Mexican government shut us down. And there was no real explanation, at least that I got, but I knew it was going to be a while. And so, you know, things were moving and, and happening there, but then all of a sudden it, it was shut down and we couldn't conduct business there. And so I came back to the States again with my, between my legs. And not only did I not have, you know, really quote unquote, a job or an opportunity to do something. I had my, my, Fitness center, of course, certainly wasn't making much of anything, but I'd even leased out my condo. So now, not only did I not have anything to really come back to, but now we're sleeping on my sister's couch. And it was just like the worst. And how of, old are you at this point? Uh, man, this would have been 2008, 2009. So 25, 26.
0: And the economy was thriving at that point.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I spent a, a few months, man. It was kind of a, a dark time for me just with like, again, my, this, my second what am I going to do with my life? And, and i believe at 25. It's there's zero to be like really concerned about. But I was just like struggling because I, I'd made money, but I was just in this time period where I didn't want to just do something to make money. I needed to have a passion for it. And, and I came across this ad, and I was I was looking at you know what could I create, what could I build, you know what would be saleable for me. And I, I was just on Craigslist, you know, and constantly zooming through those things late at night. And I came across this ad. It said work three days a week and make ten thousand bucks. And if you've ever dabbled on Craigslist or at least back then, you know, it's like there's everything on there from a real job to like a network marketing company. Exactly. Plenty of those on there. And that's honestly what I thought it was. So originally I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. But I'll inquire, you know, like, <laughs> <what's up?" laughs> and I had a conversation with the guy hiring here and it was a real sales gig. And it really intrigued me because this was my first introduction to one to many selling. You know, everything I'd done before was sitting down one-on-one with a person, and he was t- talking to me about how they would you know, fill a room, get a group of people together, they would present their products, and you know they would only meet with those that wanted more information or wanted to find out what it would cost for them. And it blew my mind. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This actually works? And he had an event the following week, a couple hours from me. I said, you know what? I'm going to drive down and just sit in. And, uh, it was unbelievable. He had like 30 some people in the room. He did his presentation about an hour, hour and a half or so they ate dinner. He paid for a nice steak dinner for them, And then he got like eight or nine appointments that he was going to go see the next day. And then ultimately close those sales or, you know, at least a percentage of them. And I I was like, Holy cow. Like, is I couldn't, my drive home, I just couldn't shut my brain off about, you know, what products could be sold in this format and getting this group of like, like like-minded people together. And um, within six months, man, I started my first company selling one to many. And uh, this would have been in uh, what have been like, June, June slash July of, of 2010. And um, our very, very first six months, we did $2.1 million in sales. What were you selling? We were selling home improvement products from LED lighting to insulation to attic ventilators, just simple things that people could you know, implement into their home, weather stripping, implement into their home to make their houses more energy efficient. And so it was saving people money on their utility bills. It was such an easy thing to market to, like who wouldn't want that? And, you know, of course, so we could, you know, we're literally our target market was buying a list of homeowners, (laughs) which is pretty easy to sift through. And then we invited them out to learn how to save money on their utility bills. So we give them some good pointers and tips. And ultimately, ask for the appointment to, to sit down and, and walk through their home with them and do kind of a little mini audit. And, and mind you, dude, I still don't hang the pictures in my house. Like I don't, <laughs> I can't do a hammer. I don't know anything about home remodeling, <laughs> but I could figure out a way to sell it. And, and that's what, what we did. So with, you know, zero to 2.1 million in, in the first six months, that's what I knew. Like it, this was a fun time, man. I obviously I'm sure you've experience this, like this as well, where it's like, everything is just clicking and you're just figuring things out. You're learning a ton, but you're making money as you're doing it. It was like, it was the greatest experience. And, you know, the next year we started to hire on sales reps. Uh, I had a, you know, a good foundation uh, infrastructure of of employees to help run the operation side of things. So we could focus on selling and and recruiting. And, And the next year we did just under 12 million. We did the same the following year. And that's really the time where it was like, okay, I've really felt like we, we had a system in place and it wasn't about the product because, you know, I'd heard of like financial advisors doing dinner seminars and we were, you know, really kind of one of the first to, to do this in a, a different vertical. But then I, I, thought, you know, cause I certainly was not passionate about, I'm happy to help people save money in their utility bills, but that doesn't get me out of bed in the morning, you know? And so we, I, I thought, well, what else could we sell? And I started to look for different products. What could work in this format? You know, because it's not necessarily a cheap thing to do. It costs some money to put these together. But dude, my very very first seminar, I had I had six hundred and like seventy three dollars in my bank account at that time. So I I did this on a credit card in a hope that I could make this thing work. And and you know it did. Thank God. It, we we figured this out through the process, but. Once we, we really felt we had this dialed in, we started to look at all these different products and offerings. And, and we can now say that we've done this in multiple different industries, personal businesses that I've owned. And now we've really just kind of more so transitioned into consulting and teaching people the system. And and that was really what kind of set me on this path that I'm on now is I, I remember clearly a few years ago, I'd, I'd come home from a, another You know, sales a few days on the road, I would go out, do a dinner presentation, meet with people, sell, and then come home. And I remember getting home kind of late. My wife and daughter were were asleep. And I just sat down at the kitchen table just to kind of chill and get get ready for bed, essentially. And and I just had this aha moment where it's like, man, I'm I'm just I'm not passionate about this. I'm not passionate about just selling something, just to sell something. And that's when it really hit me where I knew what my passion was, and that was people. And, you know, not just selling them something, but being able to pour into them and helping them develop you know, whatever it is they're trying to develop. And that's when I, I had this you know aha moment, epiphany, whatever you want to call it, where it was like, I knew rather than us just trying to find and sell another product, we could certainly have done that. We could still be doing that. But I thought, man, I remember my struggles and starting on out. And and I remember I would, the constant, whether you're going door to door or telemarketing sales or whatever it is, there's people struggle to get sales. And unless you've, you can be as passionate as you want, but if you don't have a sales system, you're not going to do any good with it. You know what I mean? It's so if you build it, they won't come, you got to go freaking get them. And so that's when I had this, like this thought, I'm like, man, could this work? Like, is the product actually the system and not whatever it is we're selling? And so that's when I just, I mean, I just started to write and I just laid out everything that I do from a back end standpoint on what it takes to, to identify your true client avatar to how do we go about designing our a marketing piece and, and the verbiage and, and how do we go about, you know, taking those phone calls and, and choosing the restaurant to host it in geographically where we send those to, you know, who's into, you know, taking the phone calls, the scripts, to doing the presentation, setting up the room, the follow-up, all of that. I just started to, to put down to paper and I was like, man, this, this is actually it. And that's when we started the, the social dynamic selling system. And we started to take on clients because I had you no know, past sales reps that, that wanted to be in business on their own. And and so it was an easy kind of transition for me to just now be able to offer our services to, to other people. And that's when we really, really got this thing honed in it, to a system where we can, you know, help anybody, whether it's growing, you know, something from nothing, or they're just maybe looking to expand into another area, but they don't have any a brand awareness or any recognition in that area. We can help them develop sales specifically anywhere really throughout the U S here and help them grow. So, you know, we have kind of a little tagline that you know, it's a the social dynamic selling system. It's it's you know about having a system that's um, sustainable and a system that's predictable, and then one that's obviously scalable. And so, if you can predict where your sales are, and you can sustain those states, those sales, you're going to be able to scale it. And that's really what we've we feel we've been able to de- develop through the dinner seminar format.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, man! It's such an awesome story. I love I love every single part of it because it, like I said a little bit ago, it doesn't just happen one day. Like this was the culmination of so many different things that you tried to do and so many different lessons learned along the way and perfecting the craft of communication, like learning how to build a successful presentation and just different things like that, that, that most people don't look at when they see the final picture, you know, and now you've put all this into a book recently. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we, we just uh, released a book uh, a couple months ago. It's now an Amazon bestseller, which is very cool the book is called Food for Thought kind of a catchy little name that you wouldn't necessarily know what it means but it the food for thought it's how to use dinner seminar marketing to grow your business in ways you never thought possible and so part of when i when i had this this thought of like okay i can take on a client and and i can fill a room for them i could design their presentation i could literally do everything it's it's a soup to nuts type of thing where i could literally all they would have to do is Show up and throw up, or heck, I could even train and hire people on, on how to deliver presentations in front of the room using all sorts of different techniques. I'm a, I'm a master practitioner in and in, in neurolinguistic programming and things, so I've definitely learned a, a lot of these different things over these years. And I thought I can do all of this, but I don't have the time to do all of that. Like I, I can train people and we can grow and make it happen that way. But you know, in order for me to take on individual clients, it, I was going to have to charge a lot. I mean that's just flat out. It, it, otherwise, it's not worth my time, and that's just really what it boiled down to. But I didn't want those the folks that couldn't necessarily afford it, or maybe in the early stages, like I was at one point, and, and we're just looking to like they just need a little bit of guidance. If I could put that into like an academy or or a book like this that can help them get a you know get started on the on the, the right step or just on their journey, that's what I wanted to do, and that's really what I did. I would put this into this book. Uh, food for thought that you know it lays out a little bit about my background, what we've kind of just discussed here a little bit, and and you know why anybody would even really listen to me because nobody knows who Riley Meek is. <laughs> but we talk a little bit about the background, but then really just I broke it down into six like modules, we call them on how to build your marketing foundation to how to choose the restaurant, how to fill the room, how to design your mail piece or marketing piece. If it is, you know, direct mail, we do a lot of direct mail. Certainly there's ways to do it online as well. And, you know, how to deliver the presentation, working the room, the follow-up, and then really how to scale it. And so all of that is kind of laid out in this book that will, you know, really step by step, it just kind of guides them through the process of how to set up their own campaigns should they want to do it themselves versus hiring a company like my like ourselves
0: what's up everyone just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite podcasting app himalaya if you're not listening to podcasts on this new app you are definitely missing out it's like a social media app but for podcast listeners follow your go-to shows like and comment on your favorite episodes and download professionally curated playlists made just for you so head on over to your app store or google play store and download himalaya today and thank me later This episode of the show is brought to you by Rothy's, and this one is for all of the ladies out there. Rothy's is a company that makes stylish shoes for women out of recycled plastic water bottles. And from what my wife says, they're actually really comfortable, and they're machine washable because they're recycled plastic. So look, typically I wouldn't bring a product like this on the show that I don't personally use, but since my wife does, and since they've diverted over 25 million plastic bottles from landfills, I felt like it was something that I just kind of had to tell you all about. They launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Plus, they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts, or so I'm told anyway. (laughs) You'll discover quickly why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. So there is literally no risk, no worries, no reason not to try. Check out all of the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Travis. That's rothys.com slash Travis. And I know this is mainly for all the ladies out there, but if you're a guy and you're listening to this show and you have a lady in your life, promise you this is going to make a fantastic gift. So head over to rothys.com slash Travis. Yeah, I love it, man. Anybody listening to this right now that has resonated with any of the stuff that Riley's been talking about, highly recommend heading over to Amazon and picking up a copy of that book, Food for Thought. I promise there's going to be something in there that will help you add more revenue into your business or maybe give you an idea that you have not thought about previously. Riley, I'm curious to know, just kind of moving this conversation more into a little bit of a networking type of a conversation. I'm curious to know what these dinners have done for your personal relationships and in terms of like connecting and getting to know a lot more people locally in your community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So doing these events, obviously when you're doing this, you're investing money. You've got usually one goal in mind and that's to get a return on your investment. And so we've designed, you know, there are seminar campaigns and things out there that fill the room and we'll rah, rah, dazzle them, run to the back of the room and buy this $48 training program. Or, you know, there's, there's lots of those. And that's, I want to be very clear. That is absolutely not what we do or teach could i do that and teach that yes but it's not our approach the point of the dinner seminar marketing that, i mean there's i could, there's a hundred points of it but i mean the real true kind of foundation of why it works so well is because you're not there to sell them i mean it, you are but nobody wants to be sold they all want to buy from a consumer perspective and so you're there simply to establish yourself as the authoritative figure in, in your market, whatever it is, if you're a solar contractor or a cosmetic surgeon or whatever it is, you you are there to establish yourself as that, that authoritative figure and to build know, like, and trust. I mean, that's all your your goal is, is in this event is you're, you're coming across as educated, at least on this particular topic. You're the expert, you're cordial, you're kind, you're free-spirited with them. And you're doing this all while breaking bread. And there's just something special about having that happen in a in a group atmosphere, hence the name social dynamic. Most people question, like, are you social media? And and it's definitely not social media. The reason we call this the social dynamic selling system is that there is a dynamic when you're in a group. You know, whether you're at church, in a group, there's a social dynamic, or whether you're at the nightclub, there's a social dynamic happening. And there's certain ways that you can use that in your favor to get people to know, like, and trust you. Because people will only, I mean, they'll do business with people they obviously know, like, and trust. And the point of this, this seminar then isn't really to sell them that evening, it's to gain that confidence and for them to now invite that second meeting. And then that's when you're able to. Sit down and, and spend the time with them and, and build out wh- whatever it is you're trying to sell or promote. And that's, you know, that's the whole point. And I think that's why financial advisors have had a lot of success with it because, you know, I just take Minneapolis market right now. I mean, there's thousands of financial advisors here, but there's only a select few that are really, really good at doing these events. And, and they'll do, you know, a handful of these a year because they're building that know, like, and trust. And, and it's a nurturing process as they're, you know, if somebody's going to be rolling over their 401k or IRA. I mean, it's got to be someone they they trust. And that's for a home remodeler or doctor or whatever. But I think that's why it really helps to establish yourself as the authority within your community locally to begin that networking process versus putting yourself on a billboard. Or if you're trying to build that brand, oftentimes that's extremely expensive. And this is a way that you can probably ease yourself into it you build that awareness within your local market. Right, right. Totally. And make money at the same time directly. Absolutely. Like it's
0: not, it's not just brand building like a billboard would be, you know what I mean? Like you're actually making direct sales from it. Have you found that there's like a target profit margin that you need to be able to sustain in terms of your selling? Because I assume this is not something that would work on like lower ticket sales.
1: Yeah, typically not. Um, however, but part of what Anytime I would bring on a new client, and, and I talk about this a little bit in the book and our and, and are, are academies, but we always want to start with the end in mind. And we always want to look at what your client acquisition cost is or your customer acquisition cost is, but not only just what the cost is, but also, you know, what your, in order to determine what your true ROI is, we've got to figure out the lifetime value of that customer. So if you have a $48 widget and it's a one and done, you're never going to sell them anything else. I would flat out tell you this is just not the way that you should work. You know, this seminar is just not going to be able to be sustainable for you. So we we try to back into this, again, know, starting with the end in mind, where we want to make sure that you do have a high enough profit margin to make this sustainable because it doesn't do me any good to teach you how to do this and then you fail. <laughs> right, yeah. Make anybody happy. And so we want to make sure we're building out a proper plan or, or program with people. So I would, I mean... I've done this with as, as little as seven dollars $800 ticket items, but that's cutting it close. The, and the only reason I would maybe suggest doing that is if they had some backend or upsells or things that they could do long-term and building that database. So there is more of a lifetime value of a customer versus just one and one and done. You know, I can just give you examples of, of the solar company that we work with is, you know, they can do a $30,000 solar project and profit. 12 to 15 grand on that and they're happy. They only need one sale per event to make money versus, you know, a biz opportunity or franchise, you know, they're looking to maybe not only get that ROI and sell the opportunity, but they're maybe considering the long-term value where there's royalties and things like that that they would be getting paid on as well. So, I know that's probably not a clear clear answer for you, but it really just Depends on the product and, and the offering. For
0: sure, man. Well, hey, I, I look, this is something that I could really talk with you about for a while because it's something that really interests me. But um, just to kind of move the conversation a little bit uh, going forward, I got to ask you this question, Riley, because it's the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I just from personal experience in, in my life, I feel like everything that I've kind of fallen into has been through a, a, a relationship, whether it's a new one that I had just made or one that I've been cultivating over time. And and that's part of even now, I feel like I've, you know, I'm financially, I've done very well. I'm still constantly involved with networking groups and masterminds and things like that to, to you know, help, you know, iron sharpens iron. And if you're not getting any pushback or feedback from like-minded or even not necessarily like-minded, but just how about like mind-setted type of person um, that you know has the the goal in mind is is to you know do more, be more, become more. I think that it's it's extremely valuable to constantly be networking and, and getting feedback from others.
0: Yeah. Do you have a story like a particular time in your life that you can remember where
1: like a connection with somebody led to something big that happened for you? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, one of my early on, one of my main competitors we'll call it that that was doing dinner events as well by happenstance we were working the same town the same venue one day apart and he he had heard of who I was I had heard of who he was and and he stuck after and we had coffee we we just chatted about what I do and, and the opportunity and dude within three months he was a business partner of mine with, with my ventures and so That was, had he not taken the time and maybe this is more for him, but had he not taken the time to make that connection or nurture that relationship, a lot of things would be different.
0: Plus, I love that all of this started from you being open to like a spammy looking title on a Craigslist ad. (laughs) It's like the best part of the whole story. Like everybody else listening to this would be like, "Uh, skip that, not clicking that link. But it does go to show you, man, like a lot of times it's just about being open to things. And it's just about at least just hearing people out. And a lot of times it might be a little bit of a waste of time. A lot of times it might be somebody just pitching something or trying to get you to join this, uh, you know, this MLM or like, I don't even know how many like Forex and cryptocurrency MLM requests I get on Instagram every single day. But if somebody does it in the right way and you know what I mean, like you never know what can happen if you're just open to opportunity. And uh, that's one of the biggest pieces of your whole story that I really, really appreciate. So, if you were to boil it all down, Riley, and give us just one thing that we can do today to become better at building relationships with people, what would you say that one thing would be?
1: Building relationships with people. I think what's really just helped me become, you know, what you know, really just accomplish what we've done here is is having a a system in place and being what I want to say, being and operating with intent and not just letting life happen, you know, like if it is just sifting through those ads on Craigslist or whatever it is, but operating with an intent to do something, I think is the most important thing. And having that system, I talk about the system, it's like my, my dinner seminar system, but it's not really what I'm referring to. It's more of just a system of getting from the time you wake up in the morning. I, I read this article recently, it was talking about high level people op- you know, that, that high successful people that operate on a high level, they're, they don't even think about what they're eating each day. It's like lined up for them because it's just one little thing that they don't have to worry about. And, and even if it only takes a few minutes or whatever, it's just that if you're not having to waste your time, energy and efforts on that, it's just, you can focus on whatever it is you're growing or building. And, and so I think that's, that's what's been best for me and and um, and having those systems in place to to make sure that I'm focusing on the right things at the right times.
0: Love it, bro. Let's go ahead and move on now to the last segment of the show, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick, random questions and quick, random answers. Ready? You bet. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt?
1: I would say a surgeon.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and Why? Nikola Tesla. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos?
1: I'm really digging podcasts these days. Uh, You know, audiobooks have been great, but, you know, I love getting the perspectives from others and just being, you know, candid. Give me one or two of your favorite podcasts. Oh, man. Well, yours, of course, man. Of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm digging uh, Dave Astry's Bulletproof. I like that. I think that's, uh, you know, always he has you know, new people on all the time and, and uh, different perspectives. I'm, I'm kind of getting into this biohacking culture, cult, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should check out, uh, you check out Ben Greenfield's stuff too if you haven't yet. Ben Greenfield, okay. You know, somebody else told me that recently, so
0: I will take that as a sign. Had him on the show recently. We had a really good conversation, but he's got a great, a great podcast on all this kind of stuff. Shout out to Ben. All right, give us a glimpse of your
1: morning routine. Perfect. This morning, I, I woke up, I sat in a hot tub, and just kind of meditated for 15, 20 minutes or so. Got out of there, body temp was up, sat in the sauna for another 15 to 20 minutes or so. Read a little bit. That's my morning routine is RPM. And this stands for read, pray, and meditate. And so I want to just kind of get a little bit of that in the morning that will set the stage for the rest of my day. So read, pray, meditate. And then that launches me. What is your go-to pump-up song? This is funny. Uh, How about remember the name? I don't even know who sings it but it was I was working out to it the other day. I thought that was good. It got me going. <laughs> what is something that you are not very good at? I am not good at mechanical things. I do not like I said before, I don't even hang the pictures in my house. I knew early on when I was little I was gonna need to make a lot of money because I, don't- <laughs> I mowing lawn I don't do any of that and so I'd rather pay somebody else to do it.
0: <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, man, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most?
1: Probably just the the company website, Social Dynamic
0: Selling. Dot com. Awesome, awesome. So go over to socialdynamicselling.com and check out some of the stuff that Riley has up there. Also, definitely head over to Amazon and get a copy of his book, Food for Thought. I promise you, you will not regret it.
1: Riley, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. I had a blast talking with you for a bit. Right on, Travis. Yeah, this was fun, man. Appreciate it.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapelcom hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.